You're listening to Cam's Talk, a podcast brought to you by the service users and professionals from East London NHS Foundation Trust. A podcast where you can hear us discuss, debate and challenge issues around child and adolescent mental health in the UK. Hi everyone and welcome to another episode of our CAMS Talk podcast. Today we're going to be talking about dyslexia, what dyslexia is, um, how people manage it and what impact it can have on your mental health. So I am joined by Kat Fusco. Kat, if you'd like to introduce yourself. Hi everyone, Um, I'm Kat. Um, My pronouns are she, her. Uh, I'm an art therapist and I work for Bedfordshire Cams um, and I'm dyslexic. Proud to be. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Kat. Um, Shana, would you like to go next? Hi, I'm Shana. I'm in, uh, my pronouns are she, her. I'm an ex-CAM service user, currently studying at Loughborough University, and I'm dyslexic. Fab. Thank you, Shana. And Sassy. Hi, I'm Sassy. Uh, I'm 19. My pronouns are they, them, and I am an ex-service CAMS user, and I am also dyslexic. Perfect, thank you. And my name is Ashton Callahan. I am one of the service user participation needs at Bedfordshire Leeting CAMS, and I am not dyslexic, um, but my partner of 10 years is dyslexic, so I have a little tiny, tiny little bit of insight into what it's like to support someone with their dyslexia. Um, And I thought a really good place to start for this would be to talk about what dyslexia is and also maybe what it's not as well. Um, And I think we'll all have different interpretations and understanding of that depending on how dyslexia manifests in our brains and in our lives. Uh, so, Kat, would you like to share a little bit about what, what your dyslexia looks like? Yeah, um, I think over the year, many years of knowing I, I am dyslexic, um, that's really helped me like understand that even more. So, and, and I think uh, that will probably change even more as I get older and learn more about that as well. But for me, um, dyslexia looks like good things and also difficult things so maybe the challenges for me are around uh, reading spelling uh, writing Um, I can be quite disorganized as well Um, and I have lots of uh, quick thoughts and sometimes um, that might not come out as articulately as I would like I think my brain is working really quickly Um, But I think that's also part of the good parts of my dyslexia. So I think that being dyslexic enables me to see things differently. I think I'm quite creative because of it. I think I'm quite solution focused. And I think it's also kind of made me see the world in different ways as well. So, um, yeah, I think for me, that's maybe what dyslexia looks like. Um, And certainly there's been barriers, I think, um, around in my life experiences around reading and writing that I found but um, 
you know, I think also I've learned really good ways in which I've tried to overcome that as well. But I'm really, I'm keen to hear from everybody else as well what their dyslexia looks like, because I know that it's not the same for everybody. Um, yeah. Thanks, Kat. Uh, it would be great to hear from you, Sassy, what your dyslexia looks like. Um, again, like growing up with dyslexia and still being like a young adult with dyslexia, you really do see how differently it affects so many people. Um, and for me, my dyslexia kind of comes in with spelling, but not reading and sequences of numbers and sometimes numbers that are back to front. So I'll, I will just see them as completely the wrong number. Um, and certain colours as well. So for me, I find it really hard to see white writing or uh, another quirky one that I discovered like in college. So years after I got my diagnosis was I can't read black writing on a yellow background, which I, I had never come across before. I didn't know that that was an issue. I just can't see it. Like, I can see that there's words there, but I can't read what it says. And I've never had an issue with reading before. So it's the color combination that I kind of can't process correctly. Um, and it definitely, like having dyslexia was definitely an, an interesting thing. It definitely is still an interesting thing with people not understanding that everyone's dyslexia is different. Um, and kind of being like, oh yeah, but my friend's dyslexic, so you need this. And I'm like, actually that, that, that bit doesn't affect me. It's, it's this and this that affects me. And kind of people getting frustrated over what they were like, what help that they were trying to give me wasn't working because everyone's dyslexia is completely different. And that's such a good point, Sassy. Um, and I think why we started not with a kind of diagnostic definition of this is what dyslexia is, because actually it encompasses so many different things. Um, and Shana, I don't know if you want to share what dyslexia looks like for you, because I know you were really passionate about doing a podcast about this. So I'd love to know a bit more about your dyslexia. Um, yeah, um, for me, I have a lot of issues with memory, especially um, working memory. So um, when people tell me stuff, I have to write it down straight away, otherwise I'm not going to remember it, especially like meetings or um links or websites or whatever like that and I have issues with spelling and grammar and like formulating sentences as well so it can take me a lot of time if I'm going to write anything and I also have issues with reading so um, I don't know if you've seen those videos before where they kind of simulate what it looks like, but it's like a kind of um don't know how to describe it but like the words are like bending around and moving sometimes and that increases with like my stress as well so if I'm more stressed out or tired it kind of gets worse with that and it's a lot harder to read but the issues I kind of face with that um extend um with my relationship as well because my partner's dyslexic um, and we both struggle with memory, so we forget who said what 
and then we just argue about who said something or like a memory that we've had and then we can't figure out whose is the correct memory so that's fun <laughs> but yeah that's kind of like the main issues <laughs> And I think that's such a good thing to raise, Shana, because I think there's a misconception that dyslexia is just, um, you know, not being able to read words very well, but actually it affects so many different parts of the brain, doesn't it? Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I guess be because everyone's dyslexia looks different, everyone's got a really different journey when it comes to getting than their diagnosis or for rec maybe recognizing that it is dyslexia that changes the way that their brain works. Um, so I was wondering if you'd be comfortable sharing what it was what it was like for you going about kind of identifying, oh maybe this is dyslexia and then they're going to get an, an official diagnosis. Um my diagnosis was prolonged massively um it was spotted when I was in primary school I think um of just my hat it was my handwriting that really kind of raised the flags was everyone else was joining up and using pen and I was adamant that I was going to use pencil because it just suited me better and I wasn't going to join up and I still don't join up my handwriting I, I can't do it and if I do it, I then can't read it. So it was like, why, why would I join up my handwriting and then not be able to read my work back? Um, and it was kind of just mentioned, by like one of my teachers kind of pulled my mum and went, have you ever had them tested for dyslexia? Mum was like, no, it will probably come up in high school. And then in high school, it was like a proper push to try and get me diagnosed so I'd be able to get help with my GCSEs and like my cats and things like that. Um, and I had a dyslexia screening in year eight that definitely wasn't suited for my age. It was like a picture of a cat. And then it's like, what is this? What letter does this start with? And it was very much like, this isn't targeted towards me. I know it's a screening, like it's not a proper test, but it, it very, it was, it was too young for me. And like my English teachers in high school because I was always in like the top sets for English and I was doing really well and writing and reading has always been something that I've kind of excelled in they were like well you can't be dyslexic because like your comprehension skills are incredible and you're doing really well in English like you're, you're top of your class and I'm like I've produced this amazing essay but all of it's spelt wrong and I've spelt my name wrong on the top of the test paper um and that, that still wasn't enough for them. And the results from this dyslexia screening was I didn't have dyslexia. And immediately mum was like, that's, that's wrong. That, that is wrong. And then the school kind of went, well, if you want a proper diagnosis, you're going to have to pay for it. However, we're going to diagnose them with slow processing instead. And then they can get some allocations and accommodations for exams. And that never felt, that like diagnosis never sat right with me. Like that's, that's not me. Again, like my memory isn't great, but it's normally tied to other things as well. So like smells will trigger a memory and things like that. So me and my mum kind of worked on kind of exam tactics with things that would work with me. So when I would revise for my GCSEs, um, and this really freaks my mum out. She doesn't understand how my brain does this. 
when I was revising a specific subject, so like maths, I would listen to a specific artist of music and colour code it with a specific colour. So for me, maths was Harry Styles and blue. And then in that exam, I would go in with my blue highlighter pen. I'd sit down, I'd highlight everything in blue and I'd start like playing Harry Styles songs in my head. And then suddenly I can immediately see the textbook page that I was looking at when that song was on. And at first I thought it was a fluke, but then we carried on doing it and I kind of like trained my brain for it. And that's how I survived my GCSEs was doing it that way because the school just was not prepared to give me help. And then I started college and again, we pushed for it. Um, And luckily my college was actually really good. um, Their kind of extra needs team was really good as well. Um, And I had like a whole day off timetable where we spent hours in this dyslexia test. and I don't think my anxiety helped much in that as well, because she was like, wow, you're really dyslexic. I was like, it's not normally this bad. Like, I'm really anxious. And like, anxiety and tiredness definitely makes my dyslexia worse. Um, and I was, I had the test for dyslexia and dyspraxia because they were like, well, you keep falling into things and your coordination isn't great and stuff like that. And then it kind of just got left. Like, I did the test and they were like, yeah, we'll get back to you um and that ironically something that comes hand in hand with my dyslexia is my ADHD a lot of things that my dyslexia does are also symptoms of my ADHD and it was like the woman was like you might not be dyslexic this could just be ADHD like you could just be severely like you'll just have severe ADHD and I was like I would still really want to see the results from the diagnosis test for dyslexia even kind of just a okay that's not something I had um and they said I didn't have dyspraxia and then they said I did have dyslexia um and then they started the process for my ADHD diagnosis as well so it was kind of bittersweet because although it had taken years of people ignoring me I kind of walked out of there with two diagnoses and they definitely come hand in hand as well like if if I'm anxious and fidgety my ADHD is really active I find that my dyslexia is much worse as well and same like if I'm tired or if there's too many distractions going on in the room for me I can't concentrate on anything but at the same time I can listen to music and write something and they can be two separate things it's very odd and yeah it was definitely a a headache inducing process but I was very glad when I finally got my diagnosis it was quite like I knew it I've been telling you guys this for years. I told you. It was quite it was quite rewarding that way. I like what you were saying, Sassy, about um, Harry Styles and the blue and the music. And I was thinking, actually, that's a superpower of dyslexia. Um, you know, that's a kind of gift, I think, because um, perhaps people who don't have dyslexia, um, you know, aren't able to kind of magically sing Harry Styles and remember a whole math paper so <laughs> I think that's maybe where dyslexia kind of is a great thing uh, it can be uh, it can be a long journey to get to that point of saying actually the weird parts of me are pretty cool too though um, yeah yeah definitely and things like smells as well like um and my nan pulled out a top from like a <laughs> box from years ago and I smelled it and I was like oh my god this smells like my first house 
And immediately my memory has taken me back to my first house and I can hear the music that was playing and I can see the pictures on the walls and things like that. And it was like, this is actually quite cool. Like it is very frustrating to be dyslexic sometimes, but certainly kind of harnessing those aspects of my quirky brain can produce something really cool and really beautiful out of it. I am... I was diagnosed with dyslexia when I was seven years old, so I was really young. And actually, I was in a completely different time um, and generation, I, I think. So I really hope things have moved on since then. But although my diagnosis came really early, uh, I experienced quite a lot of shame about that. And I remember being asked to um, be in a different room to other people and learn differently. Um, and I think I experienced a lot of embarrassment about my diagnosis at that age. I think for many years after that, um, I was really worried about kind of what that meant and how I might be seen. Um, that's definitely been a barrier that I've had to learn to overcome. But I think that that can be part of it as well. So much the delivery of how we're given these diagnoses um, and the wording around that can be really important in helping us understand and um, and managing kind of feelings that we might have in expectation to what these diagnoses mean and how others might view us as well. Um, yeah, I kind of like relate to your feelings of shame around it because I had a similar experience to you. Mm. Um, it wasn't that it was my dyslexia wasn't really diagnosed, but um, from a young age, my mum knew I had it because she did a lot of like um she studied a lot of psychiatry and psychology and stuff like that and she she knew that I had it and she kept telling my school that I had it but they didn't do a formal assessment on it until I was in college but despite that I still had a lot of help in school but it was similar experience to you it was always in like a different room so you felt like isolated from all your other peers because um you'd be put in like the room um separated with all the other people who had um difficulties with English and maths and stuff like that so I'd be separated out from the whole class for those subjects and it felt like you kind of being penalized for how you are kind of thing so I had that in primary school and I also had like extra support classes um, at breaks, break times as well. So that also felt like you're being penalised because you need extra help and um, other children aren't being treated like that. So you're getting like your break time taken away for your um, uh, disability, learning disability. So it's quite difficult um, in high school. Because of that experience, I still felt quite ashamed of it because it feels like you're lesser than other people because you can't. Um, they kind of make dyslexia seem like a really negative thing when there can be so many good things out of it. Like um, it helps me with my art a lot because I can visualize things a lot more. Um, and as Sassy was saying about like the smells and stuff, I also get like that when you um, smell something like very distinct it like brings back memories and you can just see everything in your head so there are some positives but when I went into high school it was, I still felt quite ashamed of it and 
um I still had the support um for a couple years like for spelling and stuff but it was at the cost of subjects I liked because the school didn't value the subjects I was good at and liked like history or English um not English um art they didn't value them as much so they would take me out of the classes that I was good at and liked to do things I hated like spelling (laughs) and it's quite frustrating when they make you do that as well because it feels like it's such a difficult thing for me to do and get my head around and also you feel kind of ashamed that you can't do these things because it seems so simple like I have a lot of trouble with phonics as well so I remember doing when I had the diagnosis doing the test and getting to that phonics but even then in college I was still ashamed that I couldn't do that so it just really affected me in that way and how um I was treated in primary school just affected me up until then but now I I I'm happy that I am who I am if you know what I mean yeah gosh oh, I'm so brave to share that really touched something in me listening to you talk about that um and I really empathize and I'm yeah I, I'm really sorry that those were your experiences as well of feeling different um and the shame around that um I'm really pleased that you've you found some peace as well and pride um as well really brave thank you um I think definitely the support from my mum helped me a lot because she knew what she was doing when she was trying to help me with it because from when I was really young she got me to do like spellings and stuff and words such as which I still hate but she made me do it and made me better at it so yeah can I ask a question to you guys um did anyone have to do the toe by toe book no, I don't know if that's a generation thing, <laughs> but I remember doing a book called Toe by Toe or Foot by Foot or something. It was like a red cover with a white foot on it. And it was like all these weird like word puzzles and things to try. Like I reminded me of something, Shana, then with word searches. And and I think, why am I doing this? These aren't even real words. Like, And I, underst- I understand now the psychology behind that, but that was real, um, really weird thing I remember doing that I didn't enjoy doing as well. We had to do something similar in primary school. Of You would get given these big sheets of all of these words that were like your words for the week to learn. And if you didn't do well on the test, that was somehow proving that you hadn't done the homework, mm. which I can kind of see the logic behind it of, oh, if you've taken the time, you probably know how to spell them. However, as someone with dyslexia who hadn't even got a diagnosis yet, I was losing my lunch times. And being punished because I was scoring below the number on the test. And like this happened in high school as well. Like it wasn't just a primary school thing of like the amount of times I've sat at the kitchen table with my mum just crying over these spelling words because it it just is it wasn't going in at all and it wasn't anything that was my fault. Like you had the kids that weren't doing the homework that yeah, sure, punish those. But just because I wasn't spelling them correctly didn't mean I hadn't spent hours crying with my mum because I couldn't spell them right and it was the same with maths and like number sequences for me they're just like times tables they just don't stay in my head I can't I can't do them I still now could not tell you my seven times table um and again big sheets that you had to do and if you couldn't like move like everyone else would be moving up a level 
and getting to their like nine times tables and I'm sat there on my three times tables and have been for the rest of the year and they were like oh they're not making progress or they're obviously not doing the homework and I was and my parents could vouch that I was but it wasn't good enough for the schools and that for me was really like there's there's I'm trying and even after my diagnosis as well it was very much like a a kind of frustration thing like I have an official document to say I'm dyslexic I have proof now like you shouldn't have to have proof in the first place but I now do and I'm still getting punished and I'm still told that I'm not going to I did English A level um because I am good at English I'm good at writing and part of that A level you get marks taken away if you spelt things wrong and I was like but I'm I'm hitting my grades like I'm getting A's and A stars for content and then I'm dropping down to like a, a D because I've spelt some of the words wrong. And it was like, it was so frustrating because it's like, I, I, have, I have an official document. Like I can show you my proof and I'm still being penalised for it. And then like in the same breath, my college would be like, oh, so you can like take the exam on a computer or you can have your own room or whatever. But we're still going to put you at a disadvantage because you're still spelling things wrong. And I'm like, giving me a computer to type something rather than writing it doesn't just cure the dyslexia. And, and it was so frustrating and it just felt like I was going around in circles. And in the end, I just gave up. I was like, lover, but I know, I know I'm good at this subject. I know that I can get this grade. If I don't get the grade, then that's on them. That's on the exam board. That's on the college for not like helping me correctly. I know what I'm capable of and I'm not going to let it stopped me because it was giving me a lot of anxiety like we would do a trial paper and I just wouldn't want to show up because I was like I know I know I'm going to answer it and I'm going to walk out of that exam thinking I've smashed it and I'm going to get that paper back and because of my spelling I've gone down to the bottom of the class I, I imagine that has massive impact on your self-esteem and confidence as well um you know, when you're kind of thriving and doing something that you enjoy, but then the grades aren't really reflecting because of, because of, um, you know, because of your diagnosis and dyslexia, you know, it can be, I imagine that might feel really difficult as well. I had um, similar experiences to Sassy with like the spelling um, things in class because I, I actually had a teacher once who said, just because you're dyslexic doesn't mean you shouldn't get all of these correct. Like that's, that's a direct quote. So, and she said that, and then my mom complained because I told her she said that. And she's like, oh, I didn't mean it like that. Just people say it as an excuse. That's what she said. And I was like, well, you can't, you can't just say that to a whole class of people. So yeah, I've had, a lot of teachers like that and just teachers not understanding or not caring about it as well and the thing with the English tests English exams because I took it for A level as well then be having spelling as like to be marked is just why <laughs> what what does it actually measure just how you can put what put letters together and get it how they want it it doesn't measure anything. It doesn't tell you anything about um, the content or what's in 
what they what's been written so what's the point of even assessing that I um I had a similar experience with just teachers not getting it or not understanding and again my mum complained as well my English A-level teacher um had this thing where he'd play like round robin or something where he'd like make everyone in the class write a sentence on the board and things like that it was literally on my student profile do not make Saskia write on the board because it's not that I was incapable it was I knew I was going to make spelling mistakes I knew people were looking at me I knew that they were going to point out my spelling mistakes so then I would panic and I'd either have a panic attack and have to leave the class or my dyslexia would get so much worse that every single word I wrote would not make sense um and he just ignored that completely and would make me write on the board and um would make me like talk and write on the board as well which was just a whole other issue of like if I'm talking I'm going to write what I'm talking instead of what I'm supposed to be writing um and then he turned it into a bit of a class game of right who's going to correct Saskia's spelling mistakes or how many how many of these have they made and it was it was really really frustrating and being like well, I'm I'm not a teaching exercise like you you wouldn't do that to anyone else with any kind of other disability just because it's not as serious to you doesn't mean that it's something to make a joke out of and things like that. And uh, he would constantly be like, oh, just it's fine. Just try your best. And then would do that and make it into a game. And it was like a warm up activity for the class. And I'm just sat in the back of the class like, oh, OK, then don't, I don't know why I've bothered even trying. and. Like one, well, like when I'm really tired or really stressed, something that I have a habit of doing is I will write a sentence and it's completely spelled correctly, but every single word is back to front. Like the whole sentence will be spelled correctly, but completely back to front. And that's me really not paying attention to it. And I did that on the board once and he like had a go at me and he was like, you've done that on purpose. I was like, I, I didn't even know I was capable of writing backwards. Like, why why would I do that on purpose? And he was like, oh, you're, you're, you're trying to make a game out of this. And he, like, had a go at me in front of the whole class. And I was like, but it, it was an accident because I'm anxious and I'm tired and you're making me kind of the, the punchline of this fun little activity that you're doing. It sounds like, uh, from a lot of what you're sharing, that the education settings that you've been in have really focused on the dyslexia and things that you might struggle with as a result of the dyslexia. When actually um, there's, I, you know, we'll go on to talk about this, but I know what you're all capable of and it's fantastic. Um, so I was wondering if, you'd be happy to share some of the things, some of the qualities or some of the things that you've done that you think dyslexia has enabled you to do as well, rather than, and kind of just explain to everyone that, yeah, dyslexia might mean that I can't do X, Y, Z, but it also means that I think in this way or I'm able to achieve this. I think I am. Um wouldn't I wouldn't be an art therapist if it wasn't for dyslexia um I think it helps me really have 
uh, a deep empathic understanding for people because I'm not so focusing on very cognitive things or very literal things that might be written down. I've learned to really um, with and observe interactions, body language, because maybe I've not been able to pick it up kind of through writing. And also I think being very creative, I've learned to express myself through my own art making, which was my own journey into being an art therapist as well. Uh, I've got a real interest and love for music and moving and dancing. And I think all of those things um, I have dyslexia to thank for. And I think, um, although I spoke at the beginning about feeling very ashamed about my di diagnosis of dyslexia, because that was the experience that I kind of had as a very young uh, child, it's something now that I think has made me feel really confident. And I, you know, I think in the presence of most of you probably heard me go, how do you spell this? And I think it allows for collaboration and teamwork and conversation. So I think, yeah, certainly something I uh, wear with pride, I want to say, and, um, and think that it's brought many benefits to my life. My dyslexia has probably also kind of done a similar thing for me. Um, I'm very arty. Um, there isn't a, a, a square space in my room that I haven't either put a sticker on or painted. It probably drives my parents absolutely insane. Um, and for me, it's not just kind of physical art, like painting or drawing. Um, I'm very music orientated. Um, I've learned to express, express myself through music as well, which really helps me with the ADHD as well, because it's a way of regulating emotions and being able to express kind of how I'm feeling with music. Um, and yeah, I, I do a lot, a lot of acting. And you would think that that would be really challenging for me because of my dyslexia, things like having to learn scripts or things like that. Um, but I actually, I can retain information incredibly well as long as it's long term and because I know that about myself now and because I know my quirks of music and colours and things that I can train my brain to do it's not an issue for me it, like, it definitely was in the beginning of not knowing myself very much but again I was very young like I still am young I still am growing and discovering things about my brain all the time um, but I'm now that annoying person in the class that can learn a script in three days and retain it for the next four months um and same with dance like I still remember dance moves from my first like year seven performance but I couldn't tell you what I ate for lunch yesterday and those kind of being able to be artsy and expressive within those ways I'd probably prefer that than being able to write it down or spell it correctly I think it's made me a more interesting and kind of fun person to be around as well. And that's something that um, I was actually scribbling down as you as you said that, Sassy. Um, I'm someone who has always um, spelling and grammar and organising things has always been a strength of mine. Whereas anything relating to creativity, I've always seen myself as struggling with and anything 
creative in schools or along those lines. Um, I I never did very well in art or in music. And, you know, it was something that I would much rather have the ability to express myself in the ways that you I know that you guys are capable of. And, you know, I, I see you in your dyslexia has not prevented you from achieving things like there might be spelling errors in your emails but really what consequence is that when when you're able to learn scripts in three days and and all of these other amazing things and it's great to hear that actually in education and maybe when you first got your diagnosis there was some shame attached and it probably affected your confidence and things like that but as you've learned all this other incredible stuff that you can do, uh, the strength that you're sharing is something that's really, really coming across um, and sounds like it was quite difficult. That might have been quite a difficult journey going from uh, being in education and Shana not being able to attend all those creative things that you'd have loved to learn more about uh, to then going on and achieving all the things that you have. Shana, what about you? What what things can you do as a result of your dyslexia? Um, I can visualise things a lot more clearly, I think. Um, like if I want to draw stuff, I can make things up in my head and draw them uh, like creatures and cartoons and stuff like that which I don't do very much anymore, but I did quite a bit when I was younger. So I suppose it makes me more imaginative in that way. And um, I enjoyed art a lot, especially in high school, um, drawing and learning all things like that. So I think it helps me a lot in that way. And It helps me see things in a different way from other people, which I think is always good because then you have a different kind of perspective uh, on how you view the world as well. And as I said before, my partner is also dyslexic, and but we're dyslexic in completely different ways as well. So he can, he's an engineer, so he just looks at something and he can tell you exactly how it works just from looking at it that's how his brain is with dyslexia and I can draw what he's I can make drawings of what he's trying to um, explain to me and what he's holding and stuff like that so we can kind of help each other in different ways with different things and we kind of yeah I think overall I think it's quite a positive thing I as you guys were saying before about being creative I'd rather have that than to be able to spell I guess I think it's amazing as well when you're feeling um when you can get to a place of feeling confident enough to kind of own your dyslexia what teamwork can do and achieve as well um you know teaming up with your partner Shana or uh you know Ashling and I co-facilitated an art therapy group once upon a time and for what maybe I made up for in artistic um, kind of unorganized flair, Ashling <laughs> held me down with kind of organization and groundedness. So that comes though through being able to talk and be honest and 
feel confident and having other people receive that really well as well and understand it makes for good teamwork as well I think. It's also really nice to see that it's not although it's for some reason it's still shameful in education but certainly kind of growing up and being an adult and going into the workplace I was really anxious about having to disclose that I was dyslexic like I was like I'm not going to get the job and I mean I, I went for an interview recently as a bingo caller that's going to be hilarious because I am going to read all of those numbers back to front constantly and I told my interviewer that and he was like that's not an issue I uh, will we'll prepare it for you the way that you prepare a script if you mess up it's on the screen anyway and I was like I thought this was going to be a deal breaker of like potentially I'm going to read these numbers wrong um but he was like no we've we've had people with dyslexia here before and we just support them like just come to me if there's anything that you need and I was like wow this is this is lovely and like like when I take notes and stuff or when I do interviews I'm always like oh I'm so sorry there's gonna be so many spelling mistakes in here and it's never an issue and it's it's really refreshing coming from such a a kind of a shame-filled atmosphere of however many years of education I did to then moving to the adult workplace and it actually not being as big of an issue as I thought it was going to be it's quite reassuring I'm wondering whether we could end the podcast on if you had a if you could give one piece of advice to someone who is maybe in the process of trying to get a diagnosis of dyslexia and is in school um, or in a really unsupportive workplace and feeling some of the shame and the lack of confidence that you described if you could give one piece of advice or a bit of insight what would you like to share I think I would I'm just imagining myself as a little girl and what I might say have said to her and I think that I would say it's the kind of it's a superhero cape that you don't know you've got um, and kind of trust it and let it take you to the places that um, you can go with it I think yeah that's what I would that's the advice I would give it's got superpowers so um, use it <laughs> I'd probably say education is important but it's not the end of the world it's not the be all and end all there's life after education you grow up you're an adult you still discover things about your brain all the time and different ways and kind of coping mechanisms that work for you on an individuality basis and honestly it's fun trying to find out what works for you you'll have like a really really good lot of stories to tell and yeah it is it is a superpower and it shouldn't be something that causes you anxiety or stops you from doing anything that you want to do um I think I would say dyslexia can be your greatest weakness and your greatest strength and that just because the school teaches things in a certain way doesn't mean there aren't other ways you can teach yourself because definitely with dyslexia, usually the problems arise because they're trying to teach you things in a way that your brain just can't take in. So 
learning more about how you learn stuff your own way can really help you with school. Amazing, thank you all for that. Um, it's been so interesting and powerful hearing about all of your experiences and all of your strengths as well. Um, I know I have a lot of dyslexic people in my life actually, and they're the most successful people that I know because they think about things in such a completely different way and that allows them to be more creative. Um, so yeah, the, I, yeah, absolutely, it's a superpower. Thank you all for joining us today on today's podcast. Um, it's been really good to hear your experiences and I'm hoping it would be really nice for the listeners as well to hear actually if they are struggling that there's that there's that light and that there is a, a way and there's all these amazing things that they can achieve as well so thanks everyone for being involved and thank you to all the listeners You've been listening to Cams Talk, a podcast brought to you by the Luton and Bedford Cams team and the Luton and Bedford Service User Participation Group. If you'd like to hear more from us, just go over to camstalk.com and subscribe. You can also subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts or any of the other platforms that you're using. Once you've subscribed, you'll get notification on your device every time we release a new episode. If you want to comment or share your views, you can contact us on Twitter using at camstalk or you can send us an email using info at camstalk.com. One last thing before we go. Don't forget to use the hashtag camstalkpodcast whenever you comment on social media. We'll speak to you soon.